Welcome friends, and thank you for joining us in the dimension of our midnight cake. I am Soltis, and joining me in the nexus between realities are my fellow trans-dimensional beings, Beaches, Lumberdor, and Doug. Tonight, we will be discussing the premiere episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes. Was it Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or was it a fraction of the Winter Soldier? That's all I got. <laughs> the Winter Soldier 2. It kind of was like Bucky's the Winter Revenge. Soldier 2. It, it, uh, it felt a lot more like a Marvel movie, right? It did. Mm. I think so. It was pretty cinematic. Like The, the production mm-hmm. value was very high. Yes. Um, All that aerial stuff going on in the beginning with Falcon. To be expected, he's he's a flying character, so if they're not going to budget that in, they've got a problem with the show from the beginning. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Falcon doesn't fly in this show. No, no, no. (laughs) Wings are for show. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed watching the the Falcon fights, especially with him, you know, flying in and out of the, the plane and the helicopters and and oh yeah, that was exciting. The choreography was really well done and and how he uses his wings with different functions like he just, you know, flips them down and they form, mm. you know, a bulletproof shield that deflects the enemy fire, you know, causing ricochets and I, I like I like that they do that with him because it really differentiates him from every other superhero that flies. I mean, flying is almost yeah. a boring superpower. <laughs> yeah. I think it was in Heroes where Nathan Petrelli Nathan, Nathan, Nathan was, was the was the government one. one that could fly. Yeah, that he yeah, barely did anything. Yeah, the, the, the statesman, but yeah, and so and yeah. he was talking with with Peter, and he's like, "So I can, yeah, I can fly. But when I get there, what am I going to do?" But with Falcon, you know, he got there and he took care of business. Yeah, you almost forget that he's been in the Air Force for you know for however many years and is a, a combat veteran and trained to to do all to handle all these things. Mm-hmm. I was totally expecting when he opened his wings inside of the plane, expecting them to get stuck on the sides and him just be kind of wedged there. Yeah. Or, or, or ha- you know, caught, caught in the netting or something. Uh-huh. Just... Something like that. <laughs> that said, I feel like it's an unspoken uh, thing that Bucky is a bit of a super soldier, right? Yes. Through the Winter Soldier program. Okay. He is super strong and probably long lived and such things like Captain America. Plus his arm. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> How do those things work even? Arms. You just you just hook that onto your, your shoulder stump and suddenly I don't know. How, how does it fingers Wakandan technology work? <laughs> his pre Wakandan arm worked pretty pretty well. The, <laughs> the the Winter Soldier program is just like I mean did they run out of funding? They're like just the arm. Just stop at the arm. Like that's it. <laughs> we can't do more than that. This is this is all we have for this is what do you think this is? The six million dollar man? <laughs> yeah. Did they do the arm on purpose? I assumed he probably lost the arm. Didn't he have a didn't he get his arm cut off or something? I just assumed he lost it in the in the fall or the freezing or something. Maybe it was like a shopping cart accident or something. He just didn't want to talk it about it. It could be that he lost it winter soldiering. Yeah. Frostbite, just on one arm. Yep. I mean, he was hanging from that cliff. It was in the fall from, from Zola's train. That's what I always assumed. Um, according to, to the source of all knowledge, 
He suffered injuries that included the loss of his left arm. The prosthetic arm was only a portion of the reconstruction efforts Hydra used in turning Barnes into their deadly assassin, the Winter Soldier. The other part was never giving him a haircut. That's right. And also, <laughs> you know, extensive smoky eye tips. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give him those raccoon eyes. <laughs> Intimidate people. So that's so him and Rocket can bond later on. Ah, there you go. Mm -hmm. Foreshadowing. When, all, all, when yeah. all he needed was that arm. That's right. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get that arm. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty awesome. Maybe he's got some like update, updated uh, technology in this series where it's like a go-go gadget arm. Now, was it just me or in Wakanda, these guys have like spears that shoot lasers, right? Yeah. But Bucky was out there with a machine gun. <laughs> you know that's right there were spears that shot lasers that's <laughs> like they just have a bunch of dinky little spears and then like lasers start flying everywhere <laughs> so in the first episode we got two uh, two really good action scenes yes and uh, a heck of a lot of more character developments than we've had in several movies that's true it's amazing what Marvel can do with 50 minutes or so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's about, about an hour. hour. Yeah, about an hour long, especially when they're able to focus on two characters. I think the most surprising two. thing was that they never met the entire episode. Yeah, I, I was expecting them to cross paths at some point. Uh, I feel I feel like I, we're, we're ruining this all for Doug. <laughs> well, he should have watched the episode. <laughs> I, just, I didn't watch it. <laughs> uh, I, I started I watched like the first 15 minutes and like fell asleep I think when can night. I just say the thing I, I well the thing I appreciated was uh instead of episodes and episodes of speculation about what the big cameo might be well they just got it out of the way in the first episode which was what Don Cheeple <laughs> does he count as a big cameo yeah his cameo was so big, he replaced the first um, Iron Patriot or whatever it big, was. Big, big war machine cameo. War machine, yeah. yeah. He replaced the first war machine with his giant cameo. That, that was contract disputes between actors and studios. Not, not nonsense. That was a big cameo. Not Don Upgrade, upgraded cameo. Don Cheadle's actually just Agatha's husband. Just <laughs> she moved into his house. Calls him Ralph. You know, no. for continuity. I was kind of hoping this was going to be like MASH, like a parody of MASH to go with like one division, but nice. It was War Machine all along. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go over the plot points. And Doug, I'm sorry, but you should have watched the episode. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> okay, so spoilers. Spoilers ahead, as, as should have been evident. But we, Spoilers ahead. Um, it's okay. He won't hear it till he listens to our podcast. <laughs> so um, that's how the nexus of realities work. <laughs> Sam Wilson comes from an off offshoot of the Bubba Grump Shrimp Company. <laughs> During the the five years while everyone was gone, there were some pretty rough times ahead. And his sister and family they had to make do without him being there able to help out in support and all the chaos going on in the world. And then now that the world is starting to slowly shift back to some sort of sense of normality, 
the business is in trouble. And we get a question answered. We get a very important question answered. Do the Avengers get paid? Apparently not. Apparently no. not. <laughs> that has no sway when you're trying to get a loan. Yeah, they go to the bank for a business loan. And <laughs> and while the bank, um, the, the loan officer is very jazzed to meet the Falcon. Mm-hmm. It, it plays no bearing on his, uh, his uh, credit, I suppose. Yeah. It's like, oh, or... man, you're the Falcon. Ah, but you got these credit cards that you have not paid on. Mm. <laughs> and that whole scene to me was frustrating and just sad at the same time. Like, oh, these people have been gone for five years. Sorry, you don't have any credit or any history the past yeah. five years. You, you have a five-year gap in your, in your credit yeah. history. Yeah. <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's just real world, world pain, right? There. Do you think yeah. it included room and board, or did Tony make them pay rents? <laughs> I would, I would expect that it included room and board. <laughs> that 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 Tony covered those costs. <laughs> As remember that the heat he pays for everything covered the sh- he covered the shawarma bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always assume he had to pay to have that guy reopen the restaurant in the middle of all that. <laughs> oh yeah, and and then yeah and they're they're sitting around eating and the owners and and the people who run the place are sweeping up and picking up all the debris <laughs> so good so at oh. the beginning there i totally thought you were kidding when you're talking about the public country. You know, oh no <laughs> no no that, that's a big point but there's also what's, what's great about this is i have to guess what's real and what's not well it's a, it's a fun game <laughs> No, we see, just, um, is real. totally a real plot point. We just make okay. up an episode from this point on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was really hoping for a family drama about a restaurant, so I'm pretty excited. So that is like what we're the, getting uh, so far. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's part of that with, and, and you see how involved in the community the Wilson family is and mm. how much they contribute to charity and providing meals for, for people mm. and, and things like that. So you get the sense that these are decent people that mm. are trying their best to make their way in the world and coming to terms with all of the chaos that has been going on. And it, it's funny, the interaction between Sam and his sister, Sam was snapped out, out of existence, but she wasn't. And so she was continuing on and and they'll go back and forth about who had the more difficult time of it. <laughs> and yeah, just, just getting the different, the different perspectives is interesting. There's also the the thread about Captain America, and mm-hmm. now that Steve Rogers is no longer Captain America, will somebody take up the mantle? It was it was alluded to that that Falcon was supposed to be that in in event in Endgame. Well, I believe that ever since up until we started to hear more about this show, we mm-hmm. assumed it was going to be him, some version of uh, his Falcon, Captain America. Personas. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe, and I'm I'm not so familiar with the character of Falcon in the comics, but I believe that that he does take over yes. Captain America in the comics. Yeah, at some point he does. Don Cheadle is there to ask the questions, I guess, that the audience is wondering. You know, why isn't Falcon Captain America? And, you know, what's so so Falcon is at the Smithsonian, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, basically donating Captain America's shield, answering the question, saying he gave it to me, but I don't believe 
that anyone can fill his shoes. So it's better here. It's for the opening of the of the Captain America exhibit, or I guess an expansion of the Captain America expansion, exhibit yeah. in the Smithsonian. And they have, you know, cool artifacts from the previous movies and things uh, like his motorcycle and um, old... All the war posters. Yeah, all, all, the, all the war posters and mm. propaganda his, things. And... His movie one uniform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, incidentally, would be an, an exhibit that I would love to see in real life. <laughs> I was going to say, I do love that they showed that again, because I think it's showing how big that world is to have a museum of the characters um, in that universe, because that's something they could easily skip over. Um, just to put mm-hmm. that dedication into it really adds to their Marvel universe, actually, I think. Okay, did anyone else get the sense that Sam was talking about uh, Steve Rogers in uh, the past tense. Like he's dead now? Like he's dead now, yeah. Yeah, but also that they were talking about, like, is Captain America on the moon? Like, it seems like a pretty open question as to what is Captain America, what's going on. Did he die? Is it some conspiracy cover-up? Taking an Elvis sort of an exit from the world. yeah, Yeah, but yeah, he has this conversation about Captain America. I, I think that the soldier is, is going to be an interesting character yeah, going forward, you know, yeah. because he may represent an, an everyman kind of character where he's not a superhero. He wasn't, as far as we know, he wasn't involved in any aspects of, of any of the Avengers events or, or anything like that, but is now involved with investigating this new, it's presented almost like a, like, like a movement or, Oh, what did they call it? Um, laugh? No, LAF. Yeah, laugh was what it was called. <laughs> <laughs> but but what does what does that stand for? Large angry foe. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, that guy that beat him up was large and angry. Yeah, it seemed like a, a, a super like a super soldier type person. Mm-hmm. Um, I assumed that was, um, one of those, isn't it? Zemo? Oh, Baron Zemo? Yeah. I could be wrong. Oh, that, that, that could be. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I know that Baron Zemo is supposed to be part of this as, as a villain, but I don't yes. know what, what his relationship is to Captain America, the Falcon, the Winter Soldier, Super Soldier programs. From what I'm expecting from the show so far, I assumed that person was Zemo. Does uh, what does LAF stand for? Did did they say? I don't think they said. They're basically anarchists, and and they they call themselves flag smashers, trying to mm. and their, their their goal is to return the world to how it was during the blip. Yeah, and, and all that loveliness. That I think they said basically where there was would be no um, lines be- between countries or something to that effect. Imagine all the people. <laughs> <laughs> Not the John Lennon vibe. I don't think that's what they were going for. <laughs> A little bit more angry. Oh, uh, yeah. Less but, peace. But the soldier is he's supposed to be keeping an eye on the internet chatter regarding this LAF organization. They're, they're having this... Flash mob. And the, and the soldier tries to stop him, but it gets wrecked. Yeah, because <laughs> he doesn't realize that this guy is like a, a super soldier or something. 
And then there's also the thread of Bucky Barnes and his trying to adjust to life as a civilian. I got a whole uh, Mr. Robot vibe from that intro scene with Bucky there in therapy to where he the therapist was calling him out on, on his BS and where he was in and out of focus kind of uh, between his dreams and between what was really going on and everything. It, the cinematography, I thought, was was also very interesting how they have the close-ups on on the faces, but only from a, a three-quarter view and they're off center. Yeah. Just really making the you know, trying to make the viewer feel uncomfortable with this encroachment on personal space. And I thought that played in pretty well with how the scene was represented. And they, they show Bucky trying to make amends, going and making yeah. amends for all of his wrongdoings. So an important part was his uh the, the scene they showed of his winter soldiering and a uh, apparently a, a civilian bystander mm-hmm. yep. he killed as uh, i guess a sort of a no witnesses policy yep that was the that was another one of those really sweet action sequences mm, yeah it's understood that that there are these bad guys they look like you know movie bad guys you know, some sort of mafioso type characters and there's some dude at the end of the hallway just trying to get his groceries in the door and he's yep. fumbling his keys. <laughs> it was um, the old man that got him into the date, right? That essentially led to the yes. revelation. I mean, I, there, there might be more to that date. Who knows? But um, That's usually for the purposes of this episode, it led us to the revelation that the old man was the, the father of the son from the the action sequence yeah uh, the father of of the guy struggling to get his key into the door he was so just so terrified from what had just happened mm. and uh, you know fairness i would be terrified too if i just <laughs> watched all that take place mm. like, oh no major this, murder scene right in this front is of how you. it all ends uh where did that take place did i i, I think uh, it, it seemed to be wherever that guy lived so uh, an apartment building of some sort. Or? Well, I, I think it was a hotel, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't yeah. It took place was a hotel, be, yeah. and he was he was abroad for some kind of conference with his buddies, <laughs> and then he was dead. As far as as devices for exposition, that was done very well. Where yes, where we we're, we're able to to piece together, you know, what's going on, why Bucky has this relationship with this this old Asian man and because you aren't allowed to be friends with elderly Asians unless you've murdered their children. Apparently. So. <laughs> uh, but that guy, that, 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 that old guy's great. <laughs> getting, I like that. He, he, getting he could. The and <laughs> yeah. You know, there's the idea that he could get friendly with someone like this because it's someone, he, you know, uh, from his generation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking that too, is before you saw the reveal of the son is that maybe he knew him from the um, war or something, you know, some kind of military connection, maybe initially before we discovered that it was his son that he had killed. Turns out the old man has, is a super soldier and they have this epic fight scene <laughs> in the next episode. <laughs> Cause he's pissed off that he killed his kid. And then apparently this this new guy who just shows out of nowhere because America has to have a Captain America at all times. And except and for that one seventy year span. 
Yeah. <laughs> but but now, you know, more than ever. They had trading cards. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's even weirder about that is hasn't Captain America essentially been an outlaw for a while? Yeah. Yes. And they they kind of poke fun at that in the in the Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Um, showing that isn't this guy supposed to be a war criminal? Or yeah. yeah. Like, this guy's a war criminal. I don't know what's going on with him, but anyway, here's the video. Okay. <laughs> 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 I thought that was funny. But but yeah, the, the the relationship that Captain America had with the United States government at the end of Endgame was was not you know congenial. With the two parallel threads of Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes trying to make their way in a post-Thanos reality, I think it'll be interesting to see where those two threads, where, where those two stories go, and then how they intersect. Yeah, that that point where they connect is going to be really interesting. It could be really good and done really well, or it could really kind of kill whatever these other episodes are leading towards if it's not done right and with that it looks like the nexus is about to expel us thank you for joining us in the dimension of our midnight cape we hope you'll visit us again from myself lumberdor beaches and doug thank you and good night